Come on, y'all give Jesus a hand tonight. It is well with our soul because he has conquered. The one line said, the waves and wind still know his name. And I was thinking about putting this into my sermon tonight, and I guess I'm going to go ahead and do it. Mark 4, 35 through 41 says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let, let us go across the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the sea, saying, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and they said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? If God is to look across this room tonight, and he does a soul check, is he going to see a person that truly says it is well? Or is he going to see a person that is putting on a lip service tonight? Have you great faith? Have you great faith? The winds and waves, they still know his name. We're going to sing it again. And I want you to declare it with all that you are. It is well with my soul. Come on, let's sing it out. Come on, cry out to him tonight. Make this a declaration of your faith in Christ Jesus. It is well with our soul. Though Satan should buffet, less trials should come. Assurance. Let it say that it is well with our soul. Christ has regarded this helpless estate and he has shed his blood for your soul. And that's why tonight we can sing it. praise come on lift it up to him tonight Jesus we glorify you we adore you we exalt your name because of you and by you we can declare tonight that it is well it is well Jesus 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 just wait in his presence there's some in this room tonight that are living in fear, living in insecurity, and that you need to say it is well, but there are things that are holding that back from you tonight. I don't know who you are, but I know it's in this room tonight. Turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to him. Lay it at his feet. Leave it at these altars tonight. 
and declare that it is well. Jesus, Jesus. Just wait in his presence. worship you. We lay it at your feet tonight. Father, we ask that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, move upon our hearts. Reveal to us the greatness of the God that we serve so that every day when we wake, we will declare regardless of the things that may come, as Horatio Stafford penned those words, after going through such a detrimental time with losing his family, that he declared, it is well. Father, may that be our cry. May that be our praise every morning. When we reflect on you, we declare that it is well with our soul. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, open up to Isaiah chapter 25. Verse 7, the title of my message tonight is Simply Gospel. Going back to the basics, when they sang the last couple songs, I just excited because it was God just putting everything together tonight. Sometimes we just got to go back to the basics of what we believe. There's a lot of power in the basics. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 7 says, And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Wouldn't it be nice just when we speak, bam, it's done. It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Let's take a moment and just rejoice in his salvation. Father, we thank you for salvation. We thank you that we are a peculiar people, a purchased people, a people that who have been bought and redeemed by the blood of the lamb. In Jesus' name, you can have a seat. Just a couple of weeks ago, I went out slalom skiing with uh, one of the deacons in the church, and I've never tried slalom skiing before. Actually, I've tried it one other time in my life, and it did not work out too well. And so um, I, he, he asked me as we were out on the lake, I, I grew up wakeboarding, and he said, you want to try slalom skiing today? I said, uh, I guess I'll give it a shot. And as he was teaching me, he made a statement that stuck with me. He said, sometimes I just have to go back to the basics. He's a very technical skier, a very good skier, skis in a lot of competitions and does great. And there's a lot of times where he's trying to do something that will be challenges that are in his way. And he looked at me and says, you know, I just have to go back to the basics when I get into a challenge that something's going on and I can't get past that challenge. And it stuck to me how important it is. The basics, the foundation must always be remembered. And we must always go back to the basics of the things that we learn, the things that we grow off of, our foundation of life. And Isaiah, his name means the Lord saves. And as I can imagine him walking around 700 years before Christ, back during the time of the great Assyrian oppression, 
people calling his name synonymous for the Lord saves. Isaiah lived in a time where there was much oppression and even prophesied about a great oppression that was coming from Babylon later on. People would respond to Isaiah differently. Some would reject him. Some would accept him. Some would make fun of him. Some would persecute him. And Hezekiah's son eventually would have him killed. We've seen it in Isaiah's hope several times in the, the drama that's been presented here around Christmas and Easter. He saw and he knew Israel both at the good times and the hard times. And one thing that I love about Isaiah was he was a realist. He saw things as they are and communicated them as they were. He was a straight shooter with both the good news and the bad news. And as Isaiah chapter 24, verse 4 through 6, it says, The earth mourns and withers. The world languishes and withers. The highest people of the earth languish. The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. He saw the broken state of his world. He realized what was happening and that there was a great curse upon the earth. And this sounds just like today. The earth mourns. We hear a cry on every side of us from crime, from drug infiltration, terrorism, and Islamic extremism. According to Pew Research, since 2011, the worries of Islamic extremism have almost doubled in Western nations, including France, Germany, the U.S., Spain, and the United Kingdom, have almost doubled Close to 60% in our nation. The only large nation it's decreased in is Russia. And it decreased by 12% since 2011. We battle with detrimental political agendas. According to Pew Research, 76% of the U.S. and 80% of Europeans have unfavorable views of what's happening with Iran. And we make deals with the nations who cry death to America and Israel. Iran's Ayatollah has called us multiple times the big Satan in Israel, the little Satan. Just on CNN this morning, they had a report on CNN and the Wall Street Journal that the Ayatollah, the supreme leader of Iran, said our policy regarding the arrogant U.S. government will not change. The reason we made this decision was it was a win for Iran. On the Wall Street Journal and on CNN this morning, environmental and financial disasters all around us. In the thoughts of one world currencies, our world is languishing and people are withering. It says the highest people, the highest people in verse 4 of the earth, they languish. The leaders and the elites of our world fail to make progress. What does this have to do with the simple good news? To be good news, there must be some bad news first. The leaders and the elites of our world fail to make progress. And in the name of progress, they are transgressing the very laws of God. The celebrities of our world, we've seen them over the past year take their own lives, and the elites check themselves in and out of drug rehabilitation centers. In spite of all their achievements, they cannot be free. And the earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the very laws of God, violating the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant, as Isaiah says. Decision our nation has made in the past 40 and 50 years regarding abortion, the mass genocide of close to 60 million innocent children, and even coming out over the past couple of weeks, the selling of these children. So-called same-sex marriages and loads of anti-Christian and anti-Israel Semitism. These things have resulted in the defiling of our nation as we day after day transgress the laws of God. Verse 6 says, 
Therefore, a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Sounds like Isaiah is writing today's newspaper 2,700 years ago. When you read the news, this is on the front page every day that we see the earth is being devoured by sin and death. And we watch the clock, as pastors mentioned, draw close to midnight day after day. We see the devouring taking place in our world, in our cities, in our families. Just in 2013, Jacksonville was rated the, not, the ninth most city for the number of divorces in the United States of America. Jacksonville, Florida, number nine. Our lives, we feel the effects of the curse of sin. A curse is devouring the earth, and the earth, its inhabitants suffer for their guilt, but for some reason, we embrace it many times, and the people of the world are paying the price. Our embrace of sin continues to create a harder giant to deal with, yet our world still indulges. I was talking to a German friend recently, and it's sad that many people, they love the laws of God, but they hate God himself. He said in Europe, they love the laws of don't lie, don't steal, don't kill. They love the Ten Commandments, but the very one who gave those commandments, they reject and their hearts are hardened towards. It's a twisted society and a twisted world that we, we live in. But here is the good news. There's a way out. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This has been a scripture that's been on my heart over the past couple weeks as we've watched the Supreme Court make the decisions they've made. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus foresaw the things that were to come. Isaiah foresaw the things that were to come. But he said that one day, death will be swallowed up. <laughs> Jesus, he overcame the curse. He overcame death. He overcame the defiling of the world. And this is why Isaiah, 700 years beforehand, whose name is the Lord saves, prophesies to a nation. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people. He will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is our Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. God will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples. As I was reflecting on this yesterday, I was wondering, what mountain is Isaiah referring to? And as I look back to chapter, you can see where he's talking about Mount Zion and, and Jerusalem, where Jerusalem sits. Mount Zion is part of Mount Moriah, which was the chain of mountains that go through, uh, that go through Jerusalem. And is where much of the, the very important things of our faith took place. Jewish tradition holds it. That's where the world was created, and that's where God breathed life into Adam and Eve, Abraham and Isaac. 
David buys, is the only one that ever pays money for the threshing floor, which was located on Mount Moriah. So who has the right to it? I'll let you decide that, but he paid the price through money. Solomon built his temple. The temple was there, and the temple is still there. Then Isaiah prophesies that he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples. Isaiah was a prophet that prophesied many times about Jesus. He's prophesying about an event, and not just about an event, but about a specific event, and even where it would take place, where Jesus, he purchases our atonement. He says, on this mountain, death will be swallowed up. In this mountain, death will be swallowed up because he foresaw something. He was prophesying something that had not yet taken place, but he saw it coming in the future. Isaiah was a genius. He, he saw the things of heaven, saw the things of God. He knew what was coming. He prophesies of the hope to come. He tells of the virgin birth. He tells of the life of Christ. He tells of the way Jesus would be killed. And he tells the location of where salvation would come to all mankind. And he tells exactly what salvation will do. That death will be swallowed up he says that he will swallow up the covering that is cast over all peoples all people we live under a covering a veil that is spread over all people this veil has been in existence since adam and eve sinned what is this covering that he will swallow the covering is death the covering is death Death is a venture, and God swallows it right up. Think, if you're to swallow something up, how much greater do you have to be to swallow that thing? A thing such as death. Death is the greatest tool of the enemy. It's the thing that most people fear. And what does God do? He eats it for lunch. God eats it right up. He overcame these things, and he will overcome we in ourselves, we can't do anything about the six-foot hole waiting for us at the end of our life, but God can, which is why he gave us Jesus on that mountain 2,000 years ago. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 54, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. This means that Jesus wins. Jesus wins. The devil has nothing else that he can do. When Jesus wins, it's over. It's done. It's finished. We already know the ending, and we need to start living as Christians, not lacking faith, but full of faith. How can he look at the men who were sailing with him on the Sea of Galilee at that time and say, Oh, ye of little faith, have you not seen, yet you still do not believe? We see, we read, we hear, we understand, but do we really believe? How many times is it like us watching a movie that we've watched over and over and over? We know the ending, but we still get tense in that movie. How many of y'all do that? Anybody guilty of that? When you watch a movie, you, you know exactly what's going to take place, and things are happening, and your palms start sweating, and, and you're like, oh my goodness, I hope it works out, and you already know the ending. Why do we live like that with our Christian faith? We know the ending. We know what's waiting for ourselves, that we will receive an eternal crown waiting for us that Jesus has prepared, a prepared a home for us. 
We know what's going to happen to the devil. We know his future. So why don't we, in faith, start, start living like we really believe and we have the victory. The victory has been bought and purchased for us 2,000 years ago. I look forward to the day where he will wipe away every tear from all faces. Sadness will dwell no longer. Brokenness, it will dwell no longer. Heartache will be gone. Depression will be gone. Every eye and every face will be wiped dry. The tears will be gone forever because he has swallowed up death and victory and our reproach will be taken away. The things that we have gone through, the things that we have lived through, the things that we have done that have been that taint and that smell of sin, the things that we still, with, we, live, we still live with, yes, we know we are forgiven, but there are still some consequences there. The Bible says that the reproaches, the reproaches of sin, they will be done away with. They will be gone. The consequences of our sin, hallelujah, will be taken away forevermore. And we will not have to dwell with the reproach of sin any longer. But we will be fully and completely free, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Isaiah says, for the Lord has spoken. He just speaks it. I can imagine the devil accusing time and time and time and time again. And then it comes. I can't wait. God says, shut up. It's done. He speaks. It's over. He speaks and it is done. He will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe away every tear from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Salvation bears fruit through the process of waiting. Those who have waited will enjoy the fruit of salvation. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Sometimes we just got to keep on waiting. We got to keep on keeping on. We got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. We might be waiting for a miracle. Do we give up? No. We keep waiting. Isaiah says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength as eagles. There is no question this is why God sent his son Jesus because he purchased something for us. Salvation has come and we have now received. All we must do is rejoice. We might have to wait a little while. But salvation is worth waiting for. The hope that we have in Christ is worth waiting for. Salvation bears fruit while we wait. Salvation bears its fruit and is manifested while we wait. If we will just be faithful to wait, we have no reason to be downcast. Our God is sovereign. He is in control. Our God has swallowed up death. And Jesus, he has won the victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. Be immovable. 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that, the, that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. When you have done all you can, stand. When you have done everything you can, stand, wait, be steadfast, be immovable upon the promises of God. Yes, this world might be in tribulation. Yes, there might be, there might be much brokenness that lives and dwells and is around you, but be steadfast. Yes, things might go awry in your family. Yes, things might be, there might be oppression as it was with Isaiah and the Assyrians, but he stood up and he was steadfast because he saw the future. He saw the hope which was to come and which was manifested in Jesus Christ. Be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. What is this work that God has called us to? You see our missions team in Peru. You hear of our missionary Mike tonight, 17 years on the mission field. What is this work that he has called us to, to make much of him, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I was preaching in JV this morning. Those are the very last words that Jesus told us. Last words are so important to us, especially in our culture. We listen, whether it's an I love you from a close relative before they slip into eternity, or a charge of a saint saying be steadfast and be immovable. We listen to last words. How much more with King Jesus? His last words, go. Go tell the world about Jesus. Be immovable, be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. For our worship team would come to the stage for those of you that are in this room tonight and you are facing life without hope, I want to offer you hope. His name is Jesus. Maybe you might be fearful of death. Maybe your life, you're looking at it. You're examining it. And it's in shambles. John 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That might sound like your life, that some things have been stolen, some things have died, and things are destroyed, but that's not the end. The broken state that our world is in, it's not the end. What we see on the news, yes, it's very real. The terrorism, the extremism, yes, those things are very, very, very real. But they are not ultimate. Jesus says, who is ultimate? I came. That they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The devil came to destroy you, but Jesus came to give you life. And I don't know where you're at tonight. If you feel like your life is wasting away, there is hope in these altars tonight. Come to Jesus. Jesus. 
If you feel like your life is destroyed and broken and things are awry, come to Jesus. There is hope in him. And that's how we as a congregation can sing, it is well, because there is hope in Jesus. If you would, stand to your feet. And I want you to give God a praise, because there is hope in Jesus tonight. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we just got to walk out in faith, proclaiming and living in the victory that God has given us. And if you are here tonight, and you'd say, Pastor, I need hope. My life is broken. It's been a mess. Things have been wasting away. I want to give my life to Jesus. And I want this hope that you are speaking of tonight. I want you to come to the altar. Come to Jesus tonight. Don't wait another day. Make this decision tonight. Make this choice. It's the best decision that you can ever make. Come to Jesus. There is hope in him tonight. There's no reason to face tomorrow with fear. There's no reason to face tomorrow with doubt and insecurity. There's no reason to face tomorrow with unbelief. Come to Jesus tonight. Maybe you're in this room tonight and you live in a mindset of fear. You see what's taking place in our world and you're wondering, oh my goodness, what is going to take place? Come to Jesus. He has overcome. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you tonight, you say, Pastor, I need to come to Jesus. I'd like you to slip up your hand. You say, I need to come to Jesus. I need my faith to be strengthened. I need my faith to be strengthened in Him. I have been shaken. I have been broken. There are some things that have gone on. Slip up your hand tonight. Make a declaration and let Him bring strength into your life this night. There's no reason to wait till tomorrow. Thank you for the hands that are being slipped up. Is there anyone else that would say, I need to come to Jesus tonight? I need to give Him my life. Thank you for the hands. Thank you for the hands. If that's you and you slipped up your hand, I want you to come to the front and we want to pray with you. And we want to declare that hope over your life. We want to declare that sovereign God, the one who is, who, who was, who is, and who is to come. We want to declare him over your life tonight. You don't have to live hopeless. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in doubt and insecurity. Come to Jesus tonight. Come to Jesus. For those of you that maybe you, you've given yourself to Jesus, but you say, Pastor, I'm living in, in fear. This world seems crazy, and I just need my faith strengthened tonight. Come, come. The one who strengthens your faith is here tonight. He says where two or three are gathered, I am in the midst. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. And I pray, Father, that we would not only just profess it over our lives, but we would profess it over our world. That we would know that at the end, Jesus wins and the devil is defeated. That he is a liar. That we do not have to dwell in brokenness. That the sting of death has been removed through Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. Let us come to Jesus tonight. 
the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And I would like for those of you who want to pray for our nation or pray over your life, pray over your families, I want you to come up to the front tonight as we pray together. Pray for our nation and seek God's will for this nation. Oh 
song that says at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day some of us we just got to get back to the cross we just got to get back to the basics yes things might get cloudy things might get blurry along the way but it's at the cross where we receive our sight. When things get blurry, go to the cross. When things get crazy, go to the cross. It's there you receive sight. It's there you will receive your vision. Paul says, right now we see through a glass that is dimly lit, but then face to face. We gotta get face to face with Jesus and our eyes will be open, our ears will be open and we'll be able to see as God has created us to see. Get to the cross. Come on, let's sing this. everyone to pick up your belongings I want you to move to the front we're gonna close singing this again honoring the cross honoring our Savior being reminded that simply gospel will see us through to victory amen Rico come here I want everybody to look this man came in tonight and when he came in the doors over here he was limping in pain he fell today yes, I did. And, and he said I'm in extreme pain and I'm just I'm hurting I've hurt my hip today when I fell and I said God's gonna touch you and heal you tonight and uh, during this service God made him whole amen he was he was over here praising the Lord and I walked over to him I said did God heal you he said God heal me tonight amen 
Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on, press in real close. Christ alone. Christ alone. Weak, made strong in the Savior's love and through the us to go out and make a difference and do the greater works that Jesus spoke about. And Lord, as we are the lights shining in this final hour, let our lamps be trimmed and burning by the power of the Holy Ghost this week. God, as we stand at the water coolers tomorrow, as we stand in the workplaces, God, let us remind our world that in the midnight hour, our God's still doing miracles. And that if they will heed the simple gospel message, their life can be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 